All right. All right. Well, uh, I am here with, I mean, bro, is it James can, or is it James can't? Cause you have two different egos on Facebook. Uh, look, just, just call it James can't much easier. James can't. Okay. Well, I'm here with James can't funny. I still don't know that after a year with working with you, but, uh, for anyone who doesn't know this guy, he is a performance coach and all things, fitness, mental life, men's health, everything. Uh, he's actually been my primary coach this past year and he has got me out of uh, some really incredible ruts. So I'm super happy to have you on, man, and uh, share you with the world. Thanks for having me on, dude, because you're fucking crushing it, man. It's uh, and and as much as you credit me with being able to help you on that, like you did a lot, dude. Like it's yeah, it's cool. Appreciate that, bro. Well, um, well, dude, I just want to start this out because the podcast is, I know, it's called a man's way. Uh, I want to know, man, like from you, because I definitely like picture you as the embodiment of that what does being a man mean to you uh the very most important thing for me is in being a man is sticking to your values whatever they are i'm not here to judge your values or what your moral code is as long as you have one and you stick to it with everything that is being a man having integrity having congruency being upstanding and most importantly uh holding your word at all times like your word is everything you know how uh, the my my vision my dream for what we do with my company jcf um is i want to make it so that we can have a generation of men where a handshake means just as much as what a legal contract does because if we look at what a contract is we have to have fucking contracts for everything like every stupid thing these days has to have contracts because people don't keep their word and so I would love to make it so that if in any arrangement, any agreement we have, a handshake in somebody's word is just as powerful as having a legally binding contract. I love that. Sticking on that, that point of values, man, um, something super you know, closely related to that is success, right? For men. And right. you know, I, it's funny, and I'm definitely working with you. I've really redefine my my version of success but uh it's so funny man because the whole social media in the whole world and today just in general tells men what success is you know fucking tons of girls making lots of money all that stuff uh what do you consider success for a guy well that stuff's fun right i'm not gonna come on here and tell them <laughs> to stop fucking chicks and make less money because that would not be very congruent of me at all um but sure. in terms of success like the true success have you ever seen the movie The Gambler, right, with Mark Wahlberg in it? All right, it's no, a shit movie, but you can watch one scene, right? There's one scene um, where the, the dude's going in and he's getting this loan. And the big mafia guy, the big loan shark is going and telling him, and he explains the position of fuck you. It's where you can turn around and you can tell anybody at any time to go fuck themselves, right? Stick the middle finger up straight to them, tell them to go fuck off because they have no power over your life true success is where nobody owns you and, and here's my thing right um i look at the suit it's really funny when we go through and we look at when the suit was developed for men so i'm talking about like dressing up and wearing it wearing sure. a suit right the suit was developed back in around the industrial revolution days to make it so that men would be uniform so that instead of having individuality they are a part of a team and then the tie one of the the, the theoretical reasons behind the tie was to show that um we we will suffer 
some discomfort to be a part of the one and we are willing to put our own feelings aside to be a part of something greater and that's when i go through and look i will never wear a fucking suit in my life right i'm never ever going to wear one because i don't want to be controlled and for me the true meaning of success is to be totally uncontrollable to live life totally on your terms with your values intact with your congruence intact with your integrity intact and don't sell out if we go through and we take a step further and we look at people who we would look at being highly successful um and we go through and we look at a lot of people who are millionaires billionaires and whatnot we look like fuck he's got a private jet he drives a rolls like he's super super successful uh and he that's that's what a lot of people embody is success but then you go see and you're like, oh, but he does kind of exploit people in third world nature, nations. That's pretty shit. Like, that's not that great. But yeah, he does go through and he lies. I mean, let's go through and look at some basketball players, right, who will um, uh, actively campaign against certain movements that are going on, but happily support China who are murdering millions of Muslims, right? Um, that's not success in my mind, because yes, you have achieved financial success in terms of wealth but you've sold your soul to get it. I love that. Yeah, man. It, it's funny. Um, like sticking with that, the success and, you know, everyone's looking towards a guy with the Rolls Royce, the private jet, all of that. It's definitely ingrained too with that, of like that hustle mentality, right? Of like work, 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 grind it out. Now, obviously I'm not ignorant. There's seasons to everything. And, you know, I've had that seasons with it. I'll have more seasons with that. I'm in, currently in a season of that. But what are your are your thoughts of kind of like that the hustle grind mentality and just like what people are promoting online? What do you think is the right balance? Yeah, so the whole hustle and I've seen people say stuff like "I'll sleep when I'm dead." Actually, I'm pretty sure I've said that at some stages of my life, and without a doubt, I I used to work hundred hour weeks happily, right? It was great, um, and I sacrificed my health, quality of my relationships, like all this sort of stuff. I've done that before and yes it most certainly helped me get to where i am today because i had the workload of two and a half men i achieved well in excess of two and a half average men right in that in that same time period so yes it definitely works to an extent and as you said i think you said before seasons there are seasons to it there are times to hustle and grind and work really really hard but when hustling and grinding is your whole life what are you living for what is the actual purpose? In my opinion, if we look at this from a business sense, zero to six figures within the coaching space or in most businesses anyway, when you're in that startup realm where you're trying to make yourself, get your salary to around a hundred grand, that's where you hustle and grind because you got nothing, right? You got no coin behind you. You've got no employees. You got nothing. It's, it's all on you. That's hustle and grind. But the same thing that gets you from zero to six figures, maybe zero to seven figures, isn't the same thing that gets you to eight figures. You've got to change and you've got to adapt and you've got to make sure that you're more efficient and more effective. So the hustle and grind mindset has a place, a very, very small one though, because then we shift it to flow. I mean, if I can use you as an example, right? Like you fucking hustle like no one, dude, and you work really, really hard. But then when we go through and we shift you into a state of flow and we got it so that all of your calls were effortless. Everything you were doing was easy. You were training, you were sleeping, you were eating, like everything was just in this flow. It's like your trajectory was just like straight up. It was fucking hockey stick growth, right? It was ridiculous how quickly you developed. When we took that, the hustle was important. I don't think you would be, I, I wouldn't be where I am right now without the hustle, but you've then got to be able to channel it and turn it into flow later on. Yeah, definitely. That flow with me has been huge. I mean, 
I remember when we first started working together, I was making around, I think at that time, cause I was taking a leeway off of sales to make around 10 K a month, super stressed, uh, depressed, anxious, all that shit. And then as soon as you started embodying the flow and you know, the stoicism and Taoism, uh, probably totally butchered that. Um, you know, dude, now I'm like, not as I'm still, obviously there's stress. I'm still working with it, but I'm way more flow. I'm way more happier. I'm way more enjoyable. I can shut my brain off at the end of the day and not worry about stuff. And now I'm making four times as much, which is, you know, crazy. So that, that, that flow has been huge for me. Where did you learn that from? Just studying philosophies? Like how did that, that hit you in terms of ingraining that in your life? That's a good question. I can't remember where, where I actually learned it. So go back a year and a bit. I was like, I was working my ass off, right? Because I had two businesses that I wanted to get to 200K a week um, at the same time, which is a pretty, you know, big, arduous ask. And so that was actually when I think you, because you were closing for us for a bit. That was back then um, yeah. for a little while when you were with Sales Sniper. Um, and so like that, those days, like I was working really, really freaking hard. But the thing was, is that I was hustling and I was grinding and we were making progress, but I had to work so fucking hard for every bit of progress. Like everything was so arduous and difficult and I was exhausted and I was tired. And actually, you know what it was? It was when um, I first started taking, I started microdosing psilocybin, taking magic mushrooms and using them. Am I okay to talk about that, by the way, in this podcast? We could talk about whatever the fuck you want. All right, cool, cool. I got to <laughs> yeah. check because talking about things like that isn't always accepted. But yeah, psilocybin was a fucking massive thing for me. The reason being is because I was very square. Um, I was raised up and I was always taught about business. I was always taught about everything that's just square, right? Think square. That's That sure. was my upbringing and everything that I knew. And then going in and using psychedelics and learning through them and, and having them teach me, it creates a whole different pathway of thought in your brain where you become actually thinking. I mean, that's why so many people in Silicon Valley use them. Steve Jobs used to eat that shit for breakfast, right? He used to love mm -hmm. his LSD. Um, and so he like, so with that, the, the, the creative side that is born out of that brings it up and then yeah actually i do kind of remember now is that after i started using that i started researching more about philosophy because i started look, asking the questions like why the fuck do i want to make 200k per month in two businesses why is that i started exploring that going down into the ego and it was me in my feelings of insufficiency trying to validate myself and say i am a real man by making shit loads of money and having loads and loads of success as opposed to embodying the things that actually really, really mattered to me. And then down that track, I just started researching. One of the, um, uh, the things that I, I like most and I really get enjoyment out of is learning. I just like to learn. And so I just went down a rabbit hole and just started relentlessly learning more and more and more and more and more and hit uh, hooked into it. started off with going through um, reading meditations by Marcus Aurelius. I highly, I'm sure you've probably told the guys this already, yep. but I highly recommend everyone does this goes and looks in that and then down into the Taoism and then continually like for now going through things like trans surfing, reading a lot of the religious texts and whatnot, and just understanding spirituality as a whole. What are your thoughts on, cause I've been hearing this a lot lately as I've, you know, started exploring these subjects of microdosing, tea injections, uh, you know, things around that realm of like really reaching the higher performance of caliber. What do you think about the people that say that's cheating? 
I don't know, yeah, if it's cheating, don't do it. Like for you, but for me, it's great. <laughs> and so and I'm winning in my life, in my bit, my in my ability to tell pretty well everyone to go fuck themselves. It depends on what's right with you. Um, I think one of the big issues that we have within our society is how much we are focused on judgment. Um, let's look at the uh, recent scenario. I'll, I'll, I'll use this here in Australia as, as an example. I'm not sure if you guys in the US know what's happening here in, the, in Australia at the moment, but there's a lot of people who are telling other people what to do with their bodies, right? What they should put in them or what they shouldn't put them in them, whether they have to stay indoors or whether they can go outside. Uh, and there's a lot of judgment around different perceptions and different beliefs. And when we have judgment and when we judge others, um, what we're doing is we're forcing our own values, our own expectations and our own standards onto somebody else. And that's like trying to put a square peg in a round hole. It just will not work. And what this leads to is conflict and it leads to conflict and people not agreeing with you and not agreeing. That's a really mild way of putting it fucking like despising other people. Yeah because they're being forced to do things against their will. Uh, I mean, if we, we go through and we look at anything, any time where someone is forced to do something against their will, theft and robbery, right? Nobody likes being robbed. Um, and effectively judgment and forcing judgment onto somebody else is robbing somebody else of their freedom, their freedom to think, their freedom to be the most amazing person that they are. And so if we go back to, to the question of, you know, people saying that taking testosterone taking psilocybin, taking any sort of uh, substance in order to improve oneself, we're saying that's cheating. Well, okay, in your perspective, it may be. And if that's your set of values, fuck yeah, don't do it. No, because for you, it's cheating. But for me, I quite happen to like testosterone. I feel great on it. It's a brilliant contraceptive. You fuck like a porn star. Uh, you feel absolutely amazing. You're bigger, leaner, faster, stronger, smarter, more charismatic, more confident. And then if you look at the, the, the psychedelics and whatnot, the realms that they open to open you up to uh, in terms of your ability to think, your ability to serve, and your ability to be a really, really high-level, compassionate, caring, loving human, uh, the psychedelics, particularly mushrooms, are very feminizing. And I mean feminizing not in the way of like making you like a chick or look like a woman or growing tits. Uh, I mean, like I'm talking about the ability to, <laughs> to have the feminine, to embrace the divine feminine. You know what I'm saying? Am I making sense, by the way? You're make, um, making perfect like, sense, brother. But so like with the with the, the feminizing is being able to bring in our feminine selves and with the feminine, and this is going a little down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but um, there are two, there's two types, the yin and the yang, the masculine, and the feminine, the, yin, the, the, the masculine, the yang, right? That's aggression, go out, get shit done, make it happen. Uh, the, the yin and the feminine, um, that's when we, we yield, we're passive, we allow things to happen. That's love, that's care, that's kindness, that's all those sorts of things. And most men these days, we're quite devoid of this. Um, of we think that saying I love you dude like is weak right we think yeah. that loving our moms giving our moms a hug showing love showing care being passive is weak um, because we've got to be strong and we've got to be macho and we've got to be a real man and we can't do all that sort of stuff whereas when you open up to and, and psychedelics in particular are really really effective at actually showing you the benefits of those sides and being able to incorporate that loving caring feminine side which is very very important the most powerful person is someone who can embody both the masculine and the feminine at the same time. And with that, I mean, is that cheating? Well, I mean, like, yeah, I could understand how some people think that it's cheating, but what game are we really playing here? Uh, in terms of my game, I just want to know that 
by the time I die, I've raised some amazing kids. I've been an awesome husband. I've been able to serve and to help people to the highest level and to make the people, if I, if I could get a few more guys as, as savage as you, man, I'd be pretty stoked. I could die quite happily um, right sure. then and there, you know, but that's, that's what I want to do. So is that cheating? I don't know. Um, cheating's a really, really funny way of putting it. To my mind, no, but I guess that's up to whoever, you know, whoever decides for themselves. But you know, one thing I will say, just to reiterate, fuck, we need to judge people less. Like we just need to judge 100%. so much less. Dude, a couple of things on that. Uh, one, just a little side tangent. It was funny. I was watching a, a podcast with Dan Blazerian. I don't know if you know who that is, but yeah. he's like this big, yeah, it gets famous around the US. Um, and he was saying, why is it fair that, you know, Tyron Woodley that clocks in at 1100 natural tests has to fight some dude from Kentucky with like 400 tests. Um, he's like, why is that fair? So I thought that was an interesting standpoint in the UFC, but, um, to the point of the feminine energy with the masculine side, I mean, a, a book I've recommended on this podcast over and over again, people are tired of probably hearing it, but the superior man talks about this so well, right. Which is the, the ultimate man, the superior man, the most masculine man is in touch with his feminine side, which comes down to, you know, things like, uh, you know, mushrooms, wine, music. There's all the things that I feel that men are just out of touch with. Uh, and you know, they, I feel like it's where a lot of anxiety and uh, depression and stress and all stems from, because they're just so stuck in that masculine frame that they can't release and release that stress, which comes from the feminine, right? I mean, that's why the two sides, like you said, yin and yang. It's funny because I uh, took mushrooms for the first time, I think it was a little over a year ago. And uh, I, I would always judge things, but not like a, like judging people in a bad way, but like judging things like, oh, like I wouldn't want a car like that. Or like, oh, that house is weird because of this. And uh, I was doing that and I was walking, the mushrooms were kicking in and we we're walking down in San Diego to the beach with my cousins. And I, I noticed that and I said, um, why am I doing that? Like, where's, where is this coming from? Like, what's the point of this? What is this benefiting me? And ever since then, completely haven't done it again, just completely void in my mind. So I think mushrooms are such a, a powerful healer that most people need to dive into if they haven't already. Right. What effect um, has that had on you? Like removing the judgment. It's made me actually a lot more confident with myself, which is interesting because I, I, I don't feel like I was judging people out of, or judging uh, things. And, and sometimes, you know, people out of insecurity, maybe I was, but um, ever since I removed that, I'll tell you what it is. I started judging myself less, which I think was mm. the biggest thing. And then I stopped getting, uh, started getting more confident. It's crazy, isn't it? It's like when every single way that we treat somebody is a reflection, like people are just mirrors of ourselves. Yeah. The way that we treat them is how we treat us. Yeah. Um, well, dude, st speaking on the feminine, you just got married or, or uh, engaged, excuse me. So big congratulations on that, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. Do you mind if I ask a little about that? Fuck yeah. Go whatever you like, dude. Um, well, dude, I, it's so funny because I, I see such like polar opinions when it comes to relationships in this entrepreneurship world. Uh, no one can just have a, a happy medium balance, but that's besides the point. But I want to know, man, what do you think? Because how old are you again? You're 20, 27, 27. I was going to say 26. So 27, what do you think is the prime age to settle down as a man if there even is one? Depends what you want to do. I've got one of my good friends who I think will be fucking thousands of chicks till the day that he dies, right? And, and you know, it's what's really strange um, 
is strange for me, right? So I, I'm, I'm a relationships guy. I adore Soph, my fiance. Like she is everything for me. Um, and I can't imagine myself with somebody else. But then I see, see my mate and he will have multiple relationships that are all meaningful in their own way going forwards. I think that um, we get really confused with sex, like as dudes, right? And I've done this. Um, so back a few years ago, I was, I was taking a fair few anabolics at this time and I was fucking a lot of chicks. Um, it was like a revolving door coming through and it was the most unfulfilling, unsatisfying time of my life. Right. Which is crazy. Right. Cause I was fucking like five, six girls a week. Like I just had a new one coming around like all the time I had with my housemate, a house was a fucking brothel. Right. It was just, that's all that was going on in there. Um, I hardly got out of my undies most days. And, uh, and so, and so that's like how I, I lived for a bit, but it was totally unfulfilling because none of that had any meaning. And as soon as I met Soph, I literally just shut that whole chapter of my life because I was like, oh my God, this chick is the best. But then what I've seen other people be able to do, I haven't done this, but is to, instead of just going through and fucking loads of chicks, is actually having connection with them and enjoying that connection. Um, now, there are a whole heap of difficulties that come up as well because girls do tend to get feelings and a lot of them have views of monogamy and whatnot. But in terms of whether there's a time to settle down, it depends on what you what you define as settle down and depends what really matters for you. For me, I'm wrapped with Soph. Like, I'm sweet. i got no interest in other chicks, not fast. Like, I'm good. I've, I've got this. But then I've got my friend... And he wants to have multiple meaningful connected relationships at the same time. I think that it doesn't matter what you want to do, but I think that when we start fucking around a lot, I think that that is, it's a really unfulfilling time. And I don't, I think that you get over that. I think most guys will get over that really quickly. The reason why generally in dudes, we like to fuck around a lot is because that shows we're a man. So it comes back to us in an insufficient state trying to prove ourselves. We're fucking loads of chicks so we can go tell the boys. I remember that my favorite part about fucking a chick wasn't necessarily fucking the chick. It was about telling the story afterwards. Yeah. yeah. And also the gratification. Actually, that's a really good point too. It's like, yeah, I pulled this bird. She's a 10. Sweet. Uh, it's not like oh, I had a re really great connection. I really like this girl. Super fun. Love hanging out with her. It's like, no, no, I just fucked this chick. It was hot. You know what I mean? Yeah. The big difference. And that's really short-term fulfilling because we feel good and it builds our ego up. But in terms of the long-term, I feel that it's a massive net negative, massive net negative. I also, on the other hand, have guys, good friends of mine, I love them to death, who have literally fucked hundreds, if not thousands of girls, right? And have, have done a lot of sleeping around. And they still, to this day, kind of find it difficult to have a meaningful relationship. And I believe that a part of that is them not dealing with their own shit, but also because of how easy it is for them to get sex, that it cheapens it, it makes it less meaningful, and they, as a result, can't get the deeper connection that they actually all crave. Dude, I love that you talk about that openly, because I, I feel like that's just so ingrained in culture today is like the the more chicks you fuck, the harder the chicks you fuck, uh, the more frequently you fuck, the the better you are as a person, as a man, more more masculine and all that. And I, dude, you saw me fall into that trap this year um, with that. And I was so depressed and I was, yeah, I had all these girls. I was seeing a different girl every week, but I was so lonely, you know? And um, I really think it came down to, I think that quote I told you, which is, you know, you're giving your, your, your body, but not your soul, which sounds so cheesy, 
but I think there is definitely some elements to that where, like you said, short-term, it is fun, not downplaying it. There's, there's seasons for everything, but long-term, I think a lot of men definitely get stuck in that trap. So I love that you bring that up. Um, as far as like the building phase, man, cause obviously, I mean, you work pretty fucking hard. I, I I've seen your work ethic. Um, how do you do that while maintaining a relationship? Uh, so it's, it's actually, it's, this is going to be the worst, least helpful answer ever, but it's, it's honest is I, I do what I want. Right. So like in terms of, um, I, I have very few things in my life that I focus on. I remove a lot of distractions. So I don't drink, I don't party, I don't go out a whole lot. I socialize when I want to, but my most important things are it's like, okay, I've got Soph, right? So Soph's my number one. I've got my career, my vision, my JCF, like everything that we're trying to achieve. That's number two. Uh, and then my health is number three. And then that's really in no particular order. In fact, they're all equal number one all at the same time. And I just make sure that I attribute the appropriate amount of time to all of those. If I just spent 24 hours a day with Soph and was just hanging out with her and that was all I was doing, I'm pretty sure I'd start to annoy her after a little while, right? So I've got to make sure and probably vice versa, she'd probably start to get on my nerves too. So we have enough awesome time together, but I make it so that when we do have time together, we're really there and we're really together in it, in it there. And then when I've got like, training and lifting and whatnot, I have my set times for when I'll do that, when I'll do my prehab, when I'll be doing my lifting, when I'll be looking after myself, all that sort of stuff. Um, Soph looks after my, my food. She's fucking amazing. She makes sure that I eat, which is very important for me because otherwise I will forget. So she looks after that. And then in terms of work, I just work as much as I want to. In terms of my role in the business, it's it's not really that conventional because of the state where we are in business, right? Because, you know, we're going through, we've got like 30 employees now. And so we've got a lot of guys who are doing that. And the way that I've built my business is so that I, I try and make it that everyone in my team is in what we call their telos zone or their area of genius, right? And we make it so that everyone just does their best thing. And the funny thing about being in your area of genius is that you just crush it because you fucking love what you do. And so for me, when it comes to work, okay, yeah, cool. I might work a lot. But if we look at what my work is, well, this is my work, right? Talking with you, talking with other people, sure. interviewing and, and speaking and being on camera. And I love this. Like I could fucking talk for days if you can't tell. Um, and I really, really enjoy what I do. So as soon as it's now become, it wasn't always like this, by the way, too, far from it. Uh, you give me admin and I fucking want to kill myself. Like I hate it. Like it's the worst thing ever. But when it comes to doing this and this solo work, it's all effortless and I go with the flow and it's easy and it's fun. And so I'm sure I could work a 12 hour day and I probably wouldn't even realize. I got a, maybe a bit of a harder question for you. You're, you're a good looking dude. I'm a good looking dude. We're successful financially. We have amazing lives, travel, live from freedom, do whatever we want. Like you just said, uh, obviously with all of that comes attraction from the opposite sex, right? So being in a relationship, holding that down, how do you deal with those temporary short-term, uh, I don't know if desires I want a word, but temptations. There we go. Yeah. You know, I know so many, yeah, man, I know so many friends that, uh, get in relationships and then, you know, they, they get successful and they, they make money and then they end up cheating on them. So what do you think is, uh, the best way to avoid that? Dude, great question. I'll give it to you in in an analogy, right? Um, I, I like cocaine. 
like every other human that's ever existed and ever will exist, we will all probably quite enjoy cocaine because that's why cocaine's invented, right? Gives us yeah. a cheap little burst of dopamine, all right? I spent some time over in Florida, Miami. Fuck, man. You, so over here in Australia, it was, I haven't done drugs in quite a while. Um, but back when I was partying, it was like 300 bucks for a G, like for, 300 bucks for a bag over here. I don't know what you call it over there, but like for one gram, it's like 300 bucks. Over in Miami, it was like 30. And I was like, fuck me, this is good. Like, load me up, bro. Like, here's a couple of gram. I, I literally cleaned out the dealer's stuff. I was like, give me everything you've got. And I did that. And, and, and I chewed through a lot of it, like in my times over there. And I had a lot of fun. But you know what the really interesting thing was, is that it got less and less and less fulfilling every single time. And it got to a point where it was just like, Meh whatever like oh yeah cool i don't even feel like it now um because it has no meaning and it has no substance what we're chasing there in in terms of the short-term temptation the short-term attraction is we're tra- chasing an instant gratification that's all we're looking for we're not chasing a satisfying gratification we're chasing an instant one short and quick we all know that stuff that's short and quick and not and and not long term it's pretty shit because it's over in a second and then you're done right it's not actually that good and then we go through and we look in a relationship if i were to cheat on soph our relationship would be over right the one thing that i really not the one thing but one of the things that i really truly value highest in my life is my relationship with my fiance if i go and cheat on her I have thrown away a lifetime of a really fulfilling, amazing, loving, just awesome relationship. And don't forget, like my girl's beautiful. Like, I don't know if you've seen her, but she's hot as fuck. And I'm not even being biased on that. Like she's actually a fucking glamour, right? She is beautiful. Yeah. Totally objectively. Right. (laughs) And it's like, so, okay. So if I'm going to cheat on her, I'm going to throw away all the connection side of things. I'm probably going to be with someone who's less hot than what she is. Right. So they're not even as attractive. I'm not even as attracted to them as what I am to her. There's literally, there is no positive whatsoever in it and then if i go back to what i said right at the start my values one of the things that i want to do is i always want to be someone who can keep his word i've given my word to soph that i'm and i've committed to her that i'm in this relationship with you i'm not in this with other people i'm not going to be fucking around like i'm in this with you if i do that i break my word and that is probably the hardest thing of, of, of all is to, is to break your word and to live with that like that's really really difficult if we all value our word Yes, we will be tempted. There will be temptation around at every single corner. But then when you take one second to draw yourself out of the unconsciousness where you just unconsciously like, oh, I want to fuck this chick because she's hot. And you think, hang on, hang on a sec. I've got this amazing girl back at home and she's fucking awesome. And I've given my word that I'm not going to cheat on her and I'm going to treat her really, really well. Weigh it up. It actually becomes a really, really easy black and white decision. And that's why we use a lot of, I mean, there is temptation there. We can use girls as an example. We can use drugs as an example. We can use even watching YouTube when we should be working, right? In yeah. every single area We're trying to of life. With other businesses. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. It's, it's the same shit, man. It's all the same thing. There's temptation in every single part, but if we can draw it back to what is it that we really want? What are we going for here? What are my values? What's important to me? And if we can just bring it back to a binary decision, does this line up with my values? Does this line up with my vision? Does this line up with my summit as we call it? If the answer is no, don't do it. It's pretty easy because it's going to suck. Teeing off that, man, which is a great answer, by the way. Uh, Teeing off that, 
you know, the spirit man talks about, it's a very masculine thing to, to give your word and hold your word. Right. Um, Cause we're very, you know, logical prefrontal cortex, blah, blah, blah. With woman, you know, word is not really uh, a thing that exists in their, their ecosystem. It's very much based off feeling and how they're feeling in that moment. Right. So I see a lot of guys get frustrated, myself included, when you're in relationships and, you know, the girl says something one day and the next day she says something else because she feels different that day. And that's where she's going off of. How do you deal with that? Boundaries, right? Just because they're a woman doesn't mean that we should give them the ability to like, if, if keep for, so for me, keeping my word is really, really important. So that means that I hold, I hold that myself to that, but I also expect that of everybody around. If Soph was one day saying, okay, cool. I'm going to be faithful with you on Monday. And then on Tuesday, I'm not going to be faithful. And on Wednesday, we're going to be back to it. And so on. I wouldn't sit with that. Like, that's not okay. It's not fine with me because we have an agreement. We stick to it. If we set boundaries and we set expectations, it immediately removes all the gray. And so when girl, and yes, I, I totally get what you mean by girls have feelings and whatnot. Um, but we need to hold them accountable to that, that we expect to be treated in a certain way. And we will not be, we will not accept treatment of anything less. Yeah. Um, going back, man, to where we started with the seasons, uh, you know, there's seasons for everything and there's definitely seasons for healing, which is what most of this beginning of this year was for me. Um, what do you, what is your advice for the guys out there that are depressed, anxious, you know, negative downward spiral of emotions, and they don't know where to start? Get help. Go find someone. I've been there, right? I remember um, when, like when I was competing back in, in bodybuilding. So I'm a pro bodybuilder by trade. That's where I started off. Competed all around the world, was doing really, really well. And I had a big rise. And just long story short, like I was like top 10 in the world. And that's in IFBB right? And that's IFB physique. So it's a pretty fucking good thing. It's like the best of the best, right? And I was up in like around the top 10 sort of mark um, based on the guys who I'd beaten. And then um, after that, I went and started up a business and I was finishing off my degree at uni at the same time. I studied medical science, wanted to be a doctor. Thank fuck I didn't be one. But anyway, um, so going back down there, so I was competing, training six hours a day, studying however many hours a day, and then working like 10 to 12. So it doesn't leave much time for sleep. I burnt out and I went really depressed, really anxious. I was in a massive rut. My guts were ruined. I had horrible IBS, bloating, constipated, blocked up, no sex drive. It was just a miserable existence. I tried doing it on my own and try getting out there. And I mean, guess how far I got? It's like nowhere. Because when you're in that situation, that's all you can see. If you fall down a well, all you can see is how high the walls are, right? You've got no perspective. You have nothing else. You don't have anyone outside who is actually looking in and it can guide you into a different direction. But if you have help, if you have support, then you can be helped out. You will have a different perspective and you can be shown how to get out of the mess that you're in. Yeah, I 100% agree. I'd also add to that what I think a lot of men need to do in that situation. I mean, even women, but is cut out all temporary dopamine because most men, when they're in that state, you know, they distract themselves, watch YouTube, watch TV, movies, have sex, binge eat. I mean, the list goes on and on drink. So I think what helped for me a lot is cutting all that out, cutting out alcohol, cutting out sex, cutting out entertainment and TV, and just focusing on myself, right? Reading, journaling, meditating, 
just focusing on that and not ch- chasing that, that temporary distraction, you know? How do you, so when you do that, you sit into the pain, right? So you're in this shitty situation, which is painful. We normally use dopamine to distract ourselves so we don't feel that pain. How did you go when you're sitting in that pain? Well, it feels horrible at first, right? So the, the quickest thing, it's like when you touch the, the, the hot stove, I mean, you want to take your hand off as quickly as possible. But I, the, the more you sit in it, it's, it's kind of like this, man. I mean, like, it's kind of like an ice bath, like, right. Like at first it's fucking unbearable. Like skin burns, you want to jump out. You're like, what the fuck am I doing? What, what, is there even any benefits to this? Like the, the, all the pseudo science, blah, 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 blah. And then the, you know, the longer you sit in it, then it starts to feel more normal. It starts to feel more natural. You get less out of your, your head and you get more into your body. And I think that is pretty much what happens when you cut out that dopamine is at first it's fucking horrible. You look at yourself in the mirror and you realize how ugly it is on the inside and you don't want to look at it, but the more you sit with it, the more you learn, the easier it gets. And then the more insightful and more happy and more peaceful you become. Totally. Totally. It's, it's almost, uh, after the initial pain goes away and you get used to sitting in it, it almost becomes relaxing when you start dealing with it. It does. And it's, and then it becomes fun because then it's kind of like a game it's a challenge. It's improving yourself. And I mean, that, that's why so many people get addicted to personal development, but they just usually get addicted when they're in a high and not a low. Totally, man. Totally. And it's like this, uh, it's the personal development trap. It's the same with guys who use plant medicine, like mushrooms, ayahuasca, stuff like that, like in, in psychedelics is they keep, we, we keep using it and using it and using it and using it, but we don't actually integrate any of it. We don't actually yeah. sit in the pain we don't sit in that ice bath and suffer for a bit and then allow it to work it's like no no no. we're just like in out in out in out and then we tell everyone how many fucking ice baths we do yep yeah it's uh it's a very good point so closing this off man i mean again i want to kind of ask a, a vague question just how i i started out with on the opposite of depression happiness fulfillment success uh well not success but happiness fulfillment how do, what do you think is, what do you think is most important for a man's happiness? Congruence and integrity. Most important by far, because if you're breaking your word every single minute, you cannot be happy with that. Um, there's a great poem called the man in the mirror, right? And what it does is it talks about uh, how you can lie to everybody. You can deceive everyone in the world. And most people will probably believe you, right? Because most people are good and most people are trusting. You can lie, cheat and deceive. But in the end of the day, you've still, when you're shaving in the morning, you've still got to look at that bloke and he looks back at you and you can't lie to him because he knows all the truth. And if he, turns back that man in the mirror and turns and looks at you and says, oh, you're a piece of shit, man. You're a liar. You're a cheat. You're a dishonest. You're dishonest. Your word doesn't mean anything. That's a pretty rough feeling. And so if we can instead have that man say, dude, like, look at what you're doing. The effects that you're having are amazing and have a total, a, a massive amount of self-love and a massive amount of love for everyone around us and care and compassion and to be non-judgmental and to do all the things that we talked about 
that's when you'll be happy. It's not about getting a chick. It's not about getting millions of dollars. It's not about, you know, buying fancy houses, doing drugs, anything like that. I've done all of it. And I can tell you right now that that's not the stuff that makes you happy. Right. And I've coached lots of guys who have that stuff too. Cause I coach a lot of high net worth individuals who are very successful. The thing that makes every single person happy. And this is for me working with a lot of people, not just myself, but like literally hundreds, if not thousands of other dudes in this area is that when we are in integrity, when we keep our word, when we are congruent, when we stick to our values, we are always, it's beyond happy. It's actually joy. It's a constant state of joy. Yeah, I agree. I'd say one other thing you taught me is acceptance, right? So accepting where you are, whether that's in a, in a spot in a high, or if you're on a low and accepting that low, and that's what gets you out of it, right? The power of now talks about that incredibly totally. as well. Uh, yeah, man, dude, I, I loved having you on here and uh, I appreciate Dude, all the help changing my life around. And uh, I just appreciate what you do as a person, man. So thank you. Thanks for letting me help you. And thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. 100%, man. Is there anything uh, you want to close us off with? Plug? I mean, whatever you want to do. Uh, oh, yeah, plug. Um, yeah, look, if, you, if anyone out there wants any help, I have so much shit around um, uh, what we've talked about today. There's so much stuff that I got. If you do want to learn any more at all, um, just type in James Kent, type in it on YouTube, on Instagram, or on Facebook, C-A-N-T. It's like the C word, right? But with an A instead of a U. Very easy to remember, right? So you can just type that in and you'll find me. I'm happy to have a chat with you. Um, I'll help you out as much as I can. Um, whatever I can do for you, I'm, I'm more than happy to help. 100% guys, if you need it, reach out to him. He won't sell you. He'll actually try to help you, which is uh, a rarity in coaches nowadays, right? I'm fortunate that I have enough money where I don't have to pitch everyone who comes to me. 100%. Well, bro, appreciate having you on. Looking forward to working with you some more. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for your time, man.